Private Lender Podcast, Episode 76. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Friedrich Nietzsche, who said, No price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. It's officially summertime in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's a brave new world out there, Lender Nation. Welcome to the Private Lender Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping educate investors about the value of private mortgage lending and note investing. My goal is to create private lenders and to show them how to help keep their money safe while building wealth with old world pragmatism and without banks or Wall Street. If you're looking for a way to learn how to build wealth by utilizing time-tested methods in this ever-changing world and digital world, then my friend, you are in the right place. My name is Keith Baker, and you're listening to episode 76. And I'd like to thank you and welcome you, actually. I'd like to welcome you and thank you for sharing your time with me today. This episode is yet another first on the Private Lender Podcast, as I have the honor of interviewing Nate Hare from the Quest Trust Company, formerly Quest IRA, but now Quest Trust Company, the first repeat victim on this podcast. That's right, first repeat interview. So let's jump right into it. Lender Nation, I'd like you to put your hands together unless you're driving right now. But if you're running, you're on the treadmill. We have the first ever two-time guest, a repeat guest on the Private Lender Podcast. Please help me welcome Mr. Nate Hare from Quest Trust Company. Nate, welcome. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Nate, welcome back to the Private Lender Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to get into some really cool topics of today related to private lending and not only self-directed IRAs, but other accounts that are just as, or if not more powerful than a self-directed IRA. So just a real quick refresher. If you want to go back and listen to Nate, it's episode seven, right out of the gate, they came on and supported this podcast. So thank you guys for that. And now with that, I'd like to turn it over to you, Nate, and tell us all about, in 30 seconds or less, all the wonderful world of self-directed IRAs (laughs) and other accounts. Sure. Self-directed IRAs is the business that we're in. And it's kind of funny how I ended up in this business. I never had any idea of self-directed IRAs and had never had a plan to get into the business because I was a lender like you. I worked for big banks, small banks. I was always interested in lending and numbers and real estate. And then I found this great company, Quest Trust Company, who taught me about doing those same type of investments, lending, buying real estate, and all the things that we like to talk about, but do it completely free, tax-free within retirement accounts. Uh, And that's what we call a self-directed IRA. Self-direct is just a marketing term. Most people don't realize it has no legal meaning behind it. We just allow people at Quest Trust Company to use their IRAs or old 401ks or other retirement accounts to buy notes, buy real estate, or buy non-traditional assets within the retirement account and reap all the tax-free benefits that the IRAs give it. And so um, thank you for doing that because I well, without Quest Trust, we wouldn't have this podcast. We wouldn't be here now. You know, you guys are the ones that got me started down this road many, many years ago. And Quincy was holding small classes on Tuesday nights, I believe. A lot of people don't realize this Quest Trust company. We're a company with 100 employees and, you know, managed $2 billion in assets. But the grassroots start of the company was through a private lending meetup. 
that Quincy started way back in the day. He had a self-directed IRA and he was just looking for new investment opportunities and he liked being a lender. But he found out when you're a private lender, you got to kind of go out there and network and find some off-market deals. And the best way to do that is he formed his own little local meetup group. All these people had retirement accounts and they basically met once a month and they found out if they had some investments that they wanted to share with each other and bought them with their retirement accounts. And that's kind of how Quest started was through just a private lending meetup. And the meetup consisted of probably eight people at the time. And now we have our classes on Tuesdays and it's jam-packed with almost 100 people on Tuesdays. Yeah, no, you guys have definitely come a long way. I say a short amount of time. I mean, consider you not only have to make your potential client aware of your existence, but you've got to show them, hey, look, this is a good thing because it was says very few people know outside of Wall Street or Schwab or Fidelity what you can do. So that's why every moment, every chance I get to help promote Quest, I do. And likewise with you guys, because you guys have a big party coming up in a couple of months, don't you? Oh, you're talking about the expo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a party, man. I'll talk a lot about that probably through the show, if you don't mind. Not at all. So Not at all. There. One thing that makes Quest Trust Company special is that even though we manage retirement accounts, we don't sell investments like your Fidelities and Charles Schwab's. We don't have investments to sell our clients. It's a truly self-directed IRA where the self is the client. The client has to find their own investments. However, our account agreement with our client says, we'll hold anything the IRS allows. You just have to pick, find the investment. We'll hold it as your administrator and your custodian, but you find the investment. And most people, kind of like what you mentioned, is they have no idea that IRAs can hold real estate, investments in the private companies, not publicly traded companies. So startup companies, oil and gas interests, investments in the private entities that might own apartment buildings or commercial property. But our biggest investment that we hold, and it's always been like this, is we hold promissory notes. A lot of people find that they can make above average return in their retirement account by holding promissory notes secured by real estate. They just use their IRA like a bank. And once they find out they can use their retirement, like banks use your money anyways, and make above average return without doing any of the work, it's like a light bulb lights off in their head. But the thing is, is that most people just don't understand how it works or that it even exists. So I always say the first investment for our clients is always the one that's a little bit uneasy for them. But once they find out how the process works and they see that return come in based on an investment that they picked, it's life-changing for a lot of our clients and they continue to stay clients with us for a long, long time. So we're excited about the growth and we're excited about teaching more people about self-directed IRAs. But what I was trying to get to is that since we don't sell investments, we grow as fast as our clients invest. So if we had a bunch of clients that didn't understand what they were investing in, Quest Trust Company wouldn't get very far. Our whole thing is a long-term approach where we want to have educated and experienced investors. And the best way for us to have educated and experienced investors is to add some education to our calendar and our format. And I would say we're probably the education leaders in the self-directed IRA space. We're always doing things that are free to clients, but we do this expo once a year. It's our annual expo. This is going to be the second year we've done it. You were at the first one and I'll let you give the third party endorsement. I mean, I'm pretty biased in my opinion, but I thought it was one of the best events that I personally had ever been to or a part of. And we're hoping to make it even bigger this year. So what was your experience at the last one? I normally go to these things as an attendee. And so you get my ticket, get my bag with my goodies and you know, go sit down. And so many people just coming up, you know, okay, what's your podcast about? It was probably the coolest and fastest two days I've ever spent in Dallas. It was just amazing. And I mean, my network grew 
so much from just being there. And I need to go back and count the number of interviews I got just from being at the expo. But obviously, your sponsors are some of the top notch in the real estate industry. The presentations were amazing, especially the panel that I sat in on. I thought that was the best part of the show. But anyway. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a pretty good moderator in that panel too. I think there was a really... Yeah, I think his name's Nate. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That was great. Love that guy. I immediately went to the marketing folks afterwards. I said, I'm in. Next year, I'm in. This was amazing. And they're like, well, we're going to try to you know, make it bigger and better. And I'm like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> you don't, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. Please send me the information when it's available. And we're really, really looking forward to doing it again this year and trying to work with Anne-Marie to get some different ideas of even more interaction with people who maybe, let's say, they just opened an account. You know, it's like the first time they go to Vegas, the eyes are big, they don't know what to do kind of thing. Bring them in, do some Q&A. You know, if they want to come on the podcast, that's fine. If not, how do we help people get moving and facilitated into other direction quickly? And with obviously with the podcast branding, because Quest is an interesting position where you can't sell anything. And I know that first step, that first investment, that first loan was so difficult for me. And that's why I started the podcast is that you take one step over a line and you think you've crossed a river, but you need to look back and it's just a little line. But when you're on the other side of that river, it's huge. And yeah. so I'm so looking for, I think you guys are going to double, you know, anticipating doubling the attendance this year. It's going to be over a thousand people. And hey, if you're borrowers and you're, you're real estate investors, listen up because there's going to be a lot of available money at the Quest Expo. And you just got to go, like you said, that's why I love private lending. It's a personal relationship that you build. You can loan to strangers if you want. And I've done both, but I personally like to loan to people that I know and that are in my backyard. And the Expo is a phenomenal place to, to start meeting those people, get connections. The little things that I learned, you know, that you don't even expect, it's just these little things that stick in your head later on. You're like, wow. So anyway, I've rambled on enough. That's my third party endorsement. Go to the Quest Expo and I'll see you there. It'll be end of August this year, right? End of August. Yeah. And I'll just piggyback off what you said real quick. For those of the audience or the listeners that have no idea what we're talking about, let me just kind of talk about what this expo is. Because I think that regardless of what type of investor you are, this is not an expo that is only for private lenders or private borrowers. This is an expo for any investor, regardless of what type of investment strategy you are in or investments that you're interested in, or whether or not you have a retirement account or not. It has nothing to do with going to the Quest Expo because how the Quest Expo works is A, it's not an expo where you're going to go and people are selling you things. We actually forbid any sales of any type at the expo. We don't sell investments and all of our speakers, we tell them there's no selling. It's strictly education-based. Now, you, obviously, you have a lot of people there that have different programs that can help you in your investing or coaching or something like that. You could talk to them you know, at their booth and stuff. But when you're in the room, you're not being sold anything. So I think that adds an interesting dynamic because I felt like the energy at the expo was all about like getting to know people, networking, because people didn't feel pressured to do anything. You're really just there to just absorb all the information and education that you're getting from the speakers. And we have speakers that talk about fix and flip strategies. We have speakers that talk about buying multifamily, commercial property, storage units, different types of note strategies, whether it's partial notes or being a lender or buying existing notes, from tapes from a bank, buying non-performing notes. I mean, we have about 30 different speakers that give you all sorts of education. And just to soak that information up is a value in itself. And Quest Trust Company, we're not in the business to throw expos. We don't even make money on the expo. We just try to break even. So that's why the price of the expo is so cheap for what you get out of it 
if you go to the expo and you don't walk away with some golden nugget that helps you double the value of your personal funds or retirement accounts, I would say you probably were sleeping at the event or some case. But the education is great. The networking is second to none. And like you said, we'll have close to a thousand people at this expo. And this year it's going to be in Houston, which is our backyard. It's where our corporate office is. So that's why we anticipate having more at the Houston Expo than we did at Dallas. In Dallas, we had 550 people registered and in seats, butts and seats, we had 550 people. So regardless of what type of investor you are, regardless of whether you have a retirement account or not, if you are interested in investing, if you're interested in growing your money and growing other people's money, or you're just looking for private money for some of your investments, there's no better place than the Quest Expo this year, bar none. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Going to get some new digs. I had the, the background you see here. I had it last year. Getting rid of that. Going to get some new bling, some new flash. Yeah, I like it. Got to upgrade it. I'm going to upgrade it a little bit. And yeah. I'm only going to stay at the hotel one night because there's going to be some kids soccer <laughs> that I missed last year. But since it's in Houston this year, I don't think I'm going to be able to get, get more of that whatever button. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's I, I certainly don't want any of that. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think you guys did a great job last year and it's only going to get better. And so, yeah, come out and see me. See Nate. And we'll have links to discounted tickets. The Quest has been kind enough to anyone listening to the podcast, you can get a 25% discount. You're already low ticket anyway. Yep. And it's going to be three days, two and a half, three days. They're leading the horses to water. Then all you have to do is drink once you get there. And speaking of which, the Thursday night before, we're trying to organize a little happy hour at the Axis Lounge there at the Royal Sinesta. So it will be after everyone's done setting up, then I figured, hey, let's let the vendors, the sponsors, you know, the, the attendees, and even just people in the, in the Houston real estate and investment community, just come on out. And Let me know. Maybe I'll shoot down there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you an email. But you mentioned the expo isn't just for private lending. And then everyone listening knows that I do the bulk of my private lending with my self-directed IRAs. But I understand and I'm, I've got to start switching my strategy because there's the HSA, I understand, is like even more powerful than, say, a Roth IRA. Yeah, Yeah. depending on how you look at it. So for the listeners who aren't familiar, again, with with Quest, not only do we throw big, bad expos, but our main function is we administrate self-directed retirement accounts. And I say retirement accounts, but some of them are not for retirement. And we have seven types of accounts at Quest that you can open up and self-direct, which would include your traditional IRAs and your Roth IRAs, which are what most people are familiar with and what most people have. So if you have, say, an old rollover IRA from an old, old company that you worked at, you know, it might be a traditional IRA now, or you might have a Roth IRA. Just know that you can use that bucket of money. If you're unsatisfied with your current returns at your traditional custodian, you can transfer or move those to Quest and you can start you know, investing in the things that Keith teaches about with his lending or whatever it is that you find that you want to invest in. So we have traditional and Roth. For self-employed individuals, we have more accounts for you, which are the SEP IRA, the simple IRA and the individual 401k. Again, just another page on the menu if you have some self-employment income. And then we have the last category of plans that we have here are the specialty plans, which would include the ESA, the Coverdell Education Savings Account, and the Health Savings Account, like you mentioned. These are a little bit different than retirement accounts because usually your retirement account is for your benefit after, say, 59 and a half or whenever you decide to take distributions to yourself. You get a lot of tax benefits by delaying it till 59 and a half. But this ESA... And this HSA are accounts that you can use that not only benefit yourself, but benefit your children and benefit your family, which would be spouse and children when it comes to paying education expenses for your children and health expenses for your entire family. Now, those are expenses that any parent has, 
And I'm not talking just college expenses worth that ESA. I'm talking about paying tuition, uniform, books, computers, anything that you have to pay that would be a qualified education expense from kindergarten all the way through college. You can pay with tax-free dollars or tax-free profit out of your investments held in the child's ESA. It could be for your daughter or son, or you can have a couple for each of them. And then what you mentioned was the HSA, which is some people will say the best account on the planet because it's different than all the other accounts, all other six, because not only do you get tax deductions when you make contributions to your health savings account, but you get tax deferred growth on the investments. And not only that, you get tax-free distributions to pay for out-of-pocket health expenses that your insurance doesn't cover. So things like your co-pays, dental, vision, your prescriptions, all the things that most, I would say, Americans are paying those things with your hip national money, your back pocket money based on your earnings. I would say that's the wrong way to pay those expenses because you got to earn so much more money to pay taxes to even be left with enough money to pay those expenses. So if you can just switch your mindset as an investor and understand that there's buckets out there that you can use that grow completely tax-free to consume current expenses, then you get Uncle Sam out of your pocket. And one of the greatest things that you can do with all of these accounts is not only use them individually, but use them partnered together. So the best, I would say, clients that really maximize the ability and the tax benefits of these self-directed IRAs are the ones that say, I'll just give you a hypothetical. If I'm going to do a loan to a real estate investor, I'm going to create a promissory note. But on that promissory note, my lenders are going to be listed as following. I'm going to have my Roth IRA as a lender. If I'm married, I can have my spouse's IRA as a lender. I can have my SEP IRA if I'm self-employed. That can also be a part of the loan. And I can have my ESAs. If I have three kids, I can have three ESAs on there and my family's HSA all partner together on one promissory note. Doesn't make it multiple liens. It's just one investment split pro rata amongst those tax-free accounts. And the beauty part about it is when the borrower makes interest payments back on that note, those interest payments get split up pro rata and it's all tax-free dollars. And with the HSA and the ESA, I can take the profit out immediately. There's no seasoning. I don't got to wait. I can just take it out and pay existing expenses that I have for my kids or my family, and it's all tax-free. So if you can understand how to do that as an investor, not only can you realize that you can put non-traditional assets in these investments or in these accounts, but you can reap the benefits immediately and start paying for current expenses with tax-free dollars. And it's life-changing if you can really apply that knowledge. And again, a lot of this stuff will be taught at the expo, shameless plug. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I can tell you when I'm not going to be at my table in my booth is when you're, you're talking about the HSAs because of our situation. We've been put into a very high deductible insurance plan, which is fine, but we also have the HSA account. And when you have kids, you know, some years are better than others. I tell my kids, like, I don't want to hit deductible this year, please. <laughs> but you save that back. And now, let's say you got to have an MRI or a little bit of uh, surgery or something. A little, you know, I'm, I am over 40 now. So it's, I don't have surgery, I have procedures. That's, 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 yeah. if, you, if you go back to the old I'm, Billy Crystal. I'm with, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was at uh, City Slickers. Uh-huh. Billy, Billy Crystal had his uh, mental breakdown in his kid's school. But anyway, my daughter had a sports injury. Okay, let's go get an MRI. You know, I was like, well, I'm automatically thinking that's $1,000. But oh, wait a minute. Sure, I'll go ahead and put it on the credit card now, but then I can pull that 1000 immediately back out of my HSA and pay for it. That's kind of like, like the light bulb moment for me. And now it's like, okay, how can I leverage this HSA even more? You know, mm-hmm. so it's okay. I'm gonna immediately, I'm gonna start just putting everything I can back because it's like contributing to a 401k in the sense that 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I put $5,000 into an HSA, it reduces my taxable income for the year by $5,000. Yep. And then if I use it to pay with out of that account, I'm not taxed on any earnings. So, nope. so I, there's I, no reason you shouldn't put it in the HSA because you just yeah. get a deduction just by dumping it in there. But you can I, still use the same five grand that same day if you want. Yeah, it just kind of scares me that the government allows this. Did they know what they were doing? I mean, really? uh, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm honestly. Not gonna I mean, it's just one of those things, and that's why I get kind of excited about this stuff. I mean, I never thought I'd be an IRA nerd, but it's kind of exciting to like know that you can actually take advantage of these things. And yeah, like you said, you kind of think like, how do they allow people to do this? Well, here's the thing: is most people don't even realize you can do it because it's not like it's blasted on your mainstream media about how to do this. You really have to just go out and kind of educate yourself or learn from people that understand it. And I was thankful to be able to learn from Quincy and Nathan Long, who are the owners of our company that have been studying this stuff and putting it in play for decades. So learning from them has changed my life and understanding how I can use my investment knowledge and apply it to these accounts that are available to just about anybody and greatly reduce my the tax liability to me as an individual. And since we're on the topic, let me give a little more foundation to anybody that's kind of interested in this HSA. Well, please do. Yeah. So what an HSA is, it's just a savings account. It's not a replacement for your health insurance. And Keith kind of mentioned he's got a high deductible health plan. That's actually one of the requirements to have an HSA. You have to have what's called an HDHP, high deductible health plan. Just call your health insurance provider, ask them if your plan is HSA compatible. And a lot of people nowadays, they have an HSA through their job. So I get this question a lot. I have an HSA through my job. Can I self-direct that? You can, you just can't self-direct it while it's being administrated by the people who set it up because typically they're not going to hold non-traditional assets, but you can have as many HSAs as you want. I have an HSA at Bank of America, for example, but I also have an HSA at Quest. The difference with those two is the HSA at Bank of America, I just keep my extra cash in there. It's not really invested by me because there's not investments that I would pick, but I do get the debit card. So I get to swipe it in case I need to buy some prescriptions or something like that. But if I want to use my HSA money to do a private loan to an investor or buy a rental property, I need to have an HSA set up at Quest and I can move money back and forth between those HSAs as much as I want. It's just a transfer. You don't have to report those to the IRS. You can move money back and forth between a Quest HSA and a Fidelity HSA. And again, the benefits are when you make contributions to the HSA, you get a tax deduction. It's fully tax deductible dollar for dollar. And the contribution is based off of who's covered by your insurance. If it's just a single person HDHP, it's just like, for instance, I just have me on my insurance. So I'm maxed out at $3,500 for somebody who's single. If you have a family plan, so it could be you and just another person, you and spouse, you and child, it's $7,000. And they also give you a catch-up of $1,000 once you reach age 55. So if you're 55 and you've got a family plan, you can contribute $8,000 and it's fully tax deductible. So if you think about it like this, without even getting to the investment part of it yet, if you've got some dental work or some eyeglasses that you need to buy, instead of reaching right in your back pocket to pay it, that's the wrong thing to do because you're taxed on the money in your back pocket. First, dump it into your HSA and take the tax deduction. It's actually the one account that we contribute to first. Before I contribute to my Roth, I contribute to my HSA because I get a tax deduction. There's no reason why I wouldn't want to max out my HSA every year. But the additional benefit is having it in the HSA, I can grow it on my terms through private money loans or investing into oil and gas interest or whatever it is. And here's the cool thing about it. There's so many cool things with this HSA is that I could nickel and dime my HSA out of all the profit that I get and pay for each little item that I have when it comes to a qualified medical expense. 
or I can do this. They actually allow you to do this, which is so cool, is that you don't have to take out money out of your HSA. You're not forced to take it out to pay all those little expenses. They'll actually let you take a distribution at a later point in time to reimburse yourself for expenses you incurred, provided you have the HSA set up the entire time with the HDHP. So here's a scenario. Let's say you have an HSA, you set it up today and fast forward 20 years in time and say the rules don't change. You can take 20 years of tax deductions by just putting the money in there. You can continue to let it grow. And as long as I'm not taking distributions out, I get to grow my capital faster because I get to compound it on a larger amount of money. So my bucket grows faster if I don't take money out. And then meanwhile, over that 20 year time period, I'm just saving all the receipts for anything that I have to pay. Buy some glasses, save the receipt. Buy some prescriptions, save the receipt. Got to pay some co-pays, save the receipts. And then 20 years down the road, I can just take a big fat tax-free, penalty-free distribution and reimburse myself for everything in that drawer. And it's perfectly within the rules. So it's like having a second Roth in retirement. Think about just taking $20,000 out of your HSA to reimburse yourself for expenses you paid in the past, but take the 20 grand and go to Europe. Take 50 grand out, buy a new car. It's so cool how you can just defer the distribution until the future and you still reap all the benefits. And there's one other cool thing is that you can fund your HSA one time in your life with a transfer from one of your traditional IRAs, which if the smart people caught that is if you've got a traditional rollover IRA and you've got a medical emergency, if you take a money out of your traditional IRA, you're taxed and penalized when you take it out of there. But if you just move it to your HSA first, you could take it out of your HSA tax-free and penalty-free. So you're moving it from a taxable bucket that you can't use until 59 and a half, and you're moving it to a tax-free bucket that you can use today. And I know what all the evil rich listeners are thinking right now, like, how much can I move? Can I move my entire traditional? Unfortunately, you can't. (laughs) You can only move up to whatever the contribution limit is for that year. So if you haven't made your contribution, right, and you're a family plan over 55, you can move $8,000 over to your HSA and immediately use it and not get taxed on that eight grand where you would be taxed if you took it out of your traditional IRA. So cool. Not that, a lot of people know about it. That's definitely one of the topics I wanted us to touch on today is because like, I thought the Roth IRA was the best thing since sliced bread. They're both cool. You know? I, I think the power play is Roth IRA, HSA, and if you've got kids, ESAs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another question I, I wanted to get across before I forget and before I can't read my handwriting anymore Say, let's say my Roth self-directed IRA that I have with you guys at Quest. And let's say I'm going to give a loan for simple math, $100,000 to a flipper, a rehabber, but I only have $50,000 in my Roth. Can I take $50,000 of personal cash and use the IRA and the free available cash in the same transaction? You can. So that's called partnering. Got to be careful with partnering though, even though it's a great thing to be able to do. There are some rules with IRAs. We do a lot of this. I'm not going to bore the audience with today, but go to one of our classes online. Just watch our basics class. We talk about the disqualified people. There are certain things that disqualified people to an IRA are not allowed to do. Now, just all over simplify it. The main disqualified person to your IRA is you, the IRA owner, which means that you're restricted from self-dealing with your own IRA because you make the decisions for yourself and you make the decisions for your IRA. So it would be a conflict of interest if you were doing deals with your own IRA. So that just means that you can't be on the other side of the fence when it comes to a transaction. Like you can't borrow money from your IRA. You can only take money out of your IRA as a distribution. You want to take it out for personal use and vice versa. You can't make a loan to your IRA. 
But let's say the transaction is being done with me and you, right? I'm not a disqualified person to your IRAs. And let's say that I run across a flip or I'm a flipper and I need a hundred grand. And you say, well, I've got 50 grand in my Roth and I've also got 50 grand personal. Can I put those two together and make a loan to you? Yes, because I'm not disqualified and I'm the one receiving the benefit of the transaction when it starts. Now, the key thing is, is that you have to just keep a parallel transaction from your end. Meaning if you go into it 50-50 with your IRA, when I make payments back to you, it has to be 50-50. You can't shove more money, more profit into your IRA than it deserves. The IRS is going to have a problem with that. But it's okay to partner, even with your own personal money, just make sure that you're not shoving more benefit one way or another based on what was initially put into the deal. So you don't have to start 50-50 if it was 70% IRA and 30% you. You just have to make sure when payments come in, you get 30% of it and your IRA gets 70% of it. And there is a little bit of an accounting thing there. If, if you're personally partnered with your IRA, if I'm the borrower, I can't send all the money to Quest and then have Quest send you a check for your part because we can only give money to the client as a distribution. So you don't want that. So in that scenario, if you're partnered with your IRA and yourself personally, I just have to give two checks. I got to give one to Quest and one to you. But if you're partnered with a bunch of IRAs though, you can have 14 IRAs partnered. You, at me as the borrower, I can just still give one check to Quest and they'll split it amongst the 14 IRAs. We just can't take your personal portion of it and handle your personal money because we're not supposed to commingle IRA funds and your personal funds. But other than that, it's a great way to get your buckets of money moving. If you've got some personal money sitting on the sidelines and not making anything, partner it on a deal with your IRAs. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with that. We see that all the time. A friend of mine just inherited some money and like, like me, he's used to loaning out of his, his IRA and he's, well, I can't put all of it in. I'm limited on the 5,000 a year or whatever the IRA contribution limit is. And I said, well, call Quest to make sure that you can just partner with it. And like yeah. I said, as long as it's not, not going to a disqualified person, I was like, but check with Quest because you guys are there to keep us compliant to the letter of the law. So I have heard people say you can't mix them in this. Now, one thing I will say, my opinion is I would never use an IRA to pay for like, say, training or... No, you can't. Yeah, can't And you're fair to go to, right. to, to Quest. You know, that's not a quote-unquote business expense because this is an IRA. This is a retirement account. It's treated differently. But to say, that, well, yeah, I can partner with my own cash, free available cash outside of the IRA as long as I'm paid back at that percentage that's agreed on the note. So yeah, for listeners, that's important for the IRA owners and the people that are just looking for private money. So if you're somebody that's just looking for private money to buy more notes or buy more real estate, realize that the biggest buckets in America are people's retirement accounts. People have more money in retirement accounts than they do their bank accounts. So if you're looking for private money, if you're not looking for people with retirement accounts, I think you're missing the largest bucket out there. You're missing the boat. So that's an important thing for a borrower is to realize if you need $100,000 for your fix and flip, you might have somebody that's got $30,000 in their bank account. Well, open up the discussion and say, well, you, do you have any retirement money sitting around? Do you have an old 401k, an IRA? Does your wife have an IRA? We can partner those buckets together. We can get them all working. Let's get them all earning some interest on that. And you can put deals together that you might not have otherwise if you were concentrated and just focused in the box and trying to figure out what to do with this bucket of money where you can be using multiple buckets of money. And again, IRAs and retirement accounts make up $29 trillion. So it's out there. You just have to open up that dialogue and that conversation and understand how the self-directed IRA works a little bit. I think the best IRA borrowers are the ones that are also self-directed investors because they understand the process. They can talk about it. You do both sides of it, right? You're a client. 
you self-direct your own IRA, but you also know how to use other people's IRAs in case you needed to fund a deal. But you can talk because you do it. You know what I mean? You walk the walk. You don't walk just, the walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's because of, you know you guys taught me. They gave me the foundation for all this. And then it was, Quest does all this for free. Just imagine if you just apply yourself a little. And you got to be a little bit of a seeker if you're going to go into the self-directed IRA. So you know this is for people to get a little restless with the status quo. You just come to any event that you guys put on and you, you can already tell that, okay, you're with a different caliber, I guess, of people that are more intentional about things, you know, especially wealth. Call them the doers. The we, doers, we, yeah. You know, so we like to surround ourselves with the doers, you know, and you know, we're very conservative in our approaches that we let in as far as like speakers go and things like that. But we want people that to learn from doers. And so we find that it's mutually beneficial for everybody if we can get the doers and the people that are have that at least that entrepreneurial mindset, because you have to be a little bit entrepreneurial with a self-directed IRA, because if you're not, it just sits there and does nothing. So if we can get the entrepreneurial people in the room with the doers, it's just good for everybody. Everybody walks away a winner. And that's what we try to do. And that's why we don't charge a lot for our events. We just really, it's a mutually beneficial thing. If we can get people educated and excited and networking, ultimately more investments happen, more good investments happen. And that just enables us to continue to grow as Quest. And you guys are doing a fantastic job. Let's circle back over to the expo one more time. August 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Houston. I'm very pleased that you guys moved it down here. Houston this yeah. year. Oh, I mean, we had to, you know, we had to. Yeah. Anyone who attends is going to enjoy the, uh, the hotel space. Nice place. And, so nice. Yeah, very nice. And we're going to, on a Thursday, August 22nd, we're going to do the happy hour after all the vendors get set up. And just Quest clients, anyone that's attending, the emails will be going out. So please head over to privatelenderpodcast.com forward slash expo, E-X-P-O. There you'll find the discount code that Quest has graciously given, 25% off with the code PLP podcast. And there's a link to get your ticket. And it's an extremely valuable ticket for the cost. I mean, yeah. I think I think a hundred bucks for three days. Can I talk about the ticket? Option? Absolutely. Yeah. Please yes. talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have general admission tickets and you have VIP tickets. Get whatever you can. I mean, if you just want to do the GA and attend, it's definitely a value. So get something. And if you use Keith's promo code, you get 25% off. So I think the GA tickets, they're 150 bucks for GA. But again, okay. 25% off, you're close to a hundred. It's a three-day event. Okay. There's 30 different speakers. There's a thousand people to network with. So a hundred bucks or 150 bucks. If you can't make value out of that, I, I just don't see, you're probably just not in, in the right format. But the VIP tickets have been going faster than the GA tickets, which makes me a little bit worried. Might run out of <laughs> VIP tickets, but the VIP tickets, I believe are 300. Okay? But again, you get 25% off, but here's what the VIP tickets get you that the GA does it. The VIP tickets, you get front row seating reserve. So you're up front, close and personal with the speakers. You don't have to fight in the back. You're, you're right up there. You get reserved seating. There's also a VIP lounge. Access is just for the VIP purchasers and the speakers. So if you want some one-on-one -on -one time, I mean, these speakers are there to network too. So the best place to network with them is in the VIP lounge where we have food and beverages that are on a constant thing. So there's like snacks and things that are delivered twice a day in there. So that's included in that price. You also get tickets to our casino night event, which I believe is on Saturday night. It's a networking event. It's just a fun thing that we do. We set up tables, we fake money, and we have like a charity function during that thing. Last year, we had a, one of those big things where you stand in and you grab dollars. You know, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's really fun. We've got a bar there. I mean, it's a great place to go and do some additional networking. So you get tickets to that. That's included in that price. And then we're also doing something special on Friday night. At casino nights on Saturday night. On Friday night, 
all the VIPers, you get a ticket to the Astros game. We reserved a huge section at the Astros game. So all the VIP people are going to the Houston Astros game Friday night. Tickets are included. So for 300 bucks, you get three days with 30 speakers, front row, Houston Astros tickets, VIP tickets to the casino night event, and the value that you get from the networking with a thousand people. Why wouldn't you buy that? Yeah, I, You would be silly to pass that up because the value that you get back walking away on Sunday far exceeds the 300 bucks you would have to pay. And you get a Stroh's ticket. That's cool. Man, I'm just, a Mariners fan, unfortunately, but for the Stroh's, I like the Stroh's. You beat us last night, but I like to remind everybody within earshot that the Astros were 2017 World Series champions. Thank you very much. They were, yeah. But we can't hold the candle to the Astros. I'll give it to you guys. We're, no, but uh, we're, we're still trying to find our stride. But hey, you guys will get there. You know, it's, it's the beauty of the game. It's, uh, yeah, it's hopefully uh, before I die. Well, you know, yeah. That's a, well, look, I'm also a Cowboys fan. So, you know, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not holding my breath. I think we'll win before you guys will. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> well, cool. So, yeah, let me privatelenderpodcast.com slash expo. Your discount code. Yeah, do the VIP. I'm going to be at the, at the Stroh's out. game. Yeah, before I get sold out, I'm going to be at the Stroh's game. And go to questtrust.com. For more information, privatelenderpodcast.com. Nate, I want to thank you again. Always like having you on the show. You always spit the knowledge. Right. Appreciate it. I'll see you in August. Awesome. All right, man. I appreciate it. Uh, always, always good to spend some time with you. Can't wait to see that big smile in Houston. All right, man. We'll all see right. you. Take care. Take care. And there you have it, my faithful listeners. I want to thank Nate here for coming back on the show. Please go to privatelenderpodcast.com forward slash expo. That's E-X-P-O. You can get the link to the tickets. And I don't uh, get any money for those tickets, but I get credit basically. And I'd love to sell more tickets than anybody else. So please use that link, give it to your friends. The only people that pull the money from it is Quest Trust. It's a low, very low ticket for what you get, low cost for what you get. So if I'm able to get anywhere near Scott Carson and give him a run for his money, I would so appreciate it if you could help me do that. So a little competitiveness there, and I'm going to ask you for help. So shameless plug for that. But if you go to uh, privatelenderpodcast.com slash expo, you'll get the link. And don't forget the promo code PLPODCAST for 25% off your ticket. And I will see you there at the expo August 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria in Houston. And speaking of shameless plugs, a lot of you know that I'm spending my kids' college fund on this podcast and they're going to have to stay home or join the army. And so the only thing I ask you for listening is if you could please go leave a rating and review over at iTunes. I know they don't make it easy. You have to go on to actual iTunes. You can't do it in a browser. So if you are an Android user, please go over to Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. The show is on Spotify. Wherever you can go, whatever platform you use to listen to this, please leave a rating and review. An honest one. Love five stars, but as long as it's honest, I can't ask for anything more than that. And I would greatly appreciate it if you could do that for me and help to get this podcast into the ears of other people just like you and me. And if you know of someone who might benefit from listening, please help spread the word and connect with me. Find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Bigger Pockets from time to time. And all of those, of course, all those links can be found at privatelenderpodcast.com. So until next week, I wish you all a wonderful summer, a good start to your summer or your winter, depending on what hemisphere you're in. And of course, as always, safe and prosperous private lending and investing. Catch on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.